We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias. And I am a co-host too, I guess. Yeah. I've been today. elevated to that point. Yes, you have. You usually don't let me speak until after you've done your little your little well, passage. You know, it is uh, almost spring here. I know we're not supposed to talk about what time of year it is, but I'm it, it's I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. Well, it's very generous of you. The it's flu good to be hit here. the flu hit hard, right? It just hit my home again today. It's like this uh Yeah. Endless death spiral. Um, yep. Man, it's terrible. My wife's a teacher. Uh, it goes through our house like every 14 days. Mm. It's just, yeah. Yeah, tis the season. Yeah, it is. In fact, she's out of school today and tomorrow because they, there's so many kids out sick. I know. Isn't that <clears throat> nuts? No, they've been I don't doing think that. that ever happened to me when I was in school. I know. Yeah. Well, uh, I have relinquished my uh, temporary title as headmaster, which I liked that. I thought that was a cool title for a podcast, like I'm the headmaster, but I'm well, relinquishing it. I feel like that's just too much hubris. It's also, um, it's irrelevant because it's not, <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't mean do, anything. Do to you anybody. want the title? No, do you want I don't want a title at all. Well, I actually want to focus on our guests. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, fine. Well, um, uh, for our listeners, you know that Robert and I have a love-hate, and uh, that's kind of how it's been. Um, Robert is a foodie, though. Before we go in and talk with our guest, Andrew No, tell mm. me, what's the best meal you had this week? Mm. Mm. That's a tough one. That's. Uh, did you make uh, it, or did you buy it at a yeah, store? Yeah, I've made some pretty cool I've things I've seen the pictures. Week, but um, Biscuit Love just opened oh, around the corner. Tell us about it. What was the biscuit that you got? It's called a Dirty Princess. A dirty princess. <laughs> yes. That's the name of the biscuit. So it's a biscuit with a Nashville hot chicken piece on top of that with white cheddar and then smothered with uh, um, the dirty part is uh, sausage gravy. And it was ridiculous. And so uh, if if someone's listening and they suddenly decide they want to try a dirty princess. Yeah. Biscuit where, Love. Where would they? Biscuit Love. There's three of them, I believe. Now, one just opened in Franklin, where we are, but it's mainly, it's up Nashville. There's two up in now downtown Nashville. And I'd never tried them, so I wanted to try them, and I'm just, now it's just, it's a block from our office, so. This is bad. Very this could dangerous. Be very bad. Thing, but yeah. that's the best thing that I've had. Okay. Well, speaking of being close to our office, we have a guest today who's based out of Kentucky. Which is fairly close. It is pretty close. Um, his name is Andrew No. He's the creator and the content director for Youth Ministry Conversations, and we want to welcome him to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on today. I'm, I might need to go travel to Nashville, though. I want a dirty princess. That sounds delicious. It's unbelievable, dude. It is absolutely well. They have the princess, and then they have the dirty Nashville. They're two different sandwiches, 
And so I said, can I get the, can I get the princess, but put some gravy on that? They're like, oh, that's the dirty princess. You want that? I'm like, yes, I do. And it was, it's absolutely worth having. Yep. I see a road trip in my future. I think so. Yeah. You should stop by the office first so we can just kind of <laughs> guide you through you. that. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go that You don't want to do that alone. That, you know, someone needs to have the uh, cholesterol medicine. So. <laughs> Andrew, uh, welcome to Brilliantly Brave. I've looked at your website, youthministryconversations.com. It's great. It's really cool. And you are all about uh, ministering to ministers. Tell us about yourself and how you got into this. Yeah, so I, um, all my life I wanted to do youth ministry. I felt called to that. I felt led to that and went to seminary and shortly after found a job as a youth minister and I loved it. Um, It was fantastic getting to be a part of the day-to-day lives of those teenagers, to serve their families, to serve in the local church. Um, But a lot of my time was spent doing two things. I either didn't know what I was doing and was asking for ideas, or I spent my time creating Bible studies, resources to use with my youth. And I realized, after talking to other youth ministers, that there was a real need out there for um, curriculum, for resources, for um, youth ministers and a place to share ideas. Um, So I started a blog at first and it was basically a place where I would ask a question and two or three youth ministers each week would type out their responses to the question. Why should we use teenagers in worship? What kind of Bible studies are you doing this Mm. week? Stuff like that. And that blog quickly blossomed into a place for us to create and sell resources and curriculum. And and from there, um, we've just kind of kept growing over the last, I guess, five years now. Whoa, time flies. Um, We're five years in and really enjoying it and continuing to see opportunities to uh, provide for youth ministers. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was telling them off the air how much that reminds me of the the Twin Gospel Alliance. Absolutely. Uh, this idea of sort of helping uh, people who are trying to reach kids find resources, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. stuff that already exists. Because it is true. So many pastors and so many uh, youth leaders, you know, they're they're always having to create their own stuff. Like, they just they yeah. can't find it. So it's it's a frustration for sure. So tell us how how can uh, a parent of a teen or someone like a mom who's got a teenager and let's say their kid just isn't digging the youth ministry? What's your advice to them? Well, um, I, I think several different different paths to take. You know, find out why they're not digging the youth ministry. Um, is it because? The youth ministry isn't fun. I think youth ministries need to be fun. Teenagers are fun and they're gravitating towards fun. Um, it also needs to be deep. So maybe they're not getting what they need out of it spiritually. I know we see this problem often in schools. A, a kid isn't challenged in their math class and so they don't want to go to math. And so it looks like they're struggling in math, but really they're just more advanced than the math class is challenging. Hmm. So maybe the person doesn't want to go to youth ministry because they've already heard the story of Noah 15 times and they want to go a little deeper. Um, so they would need to ask their student, what what is keeping them from youth ministry? Is it a lack of enjoyment? Is it a lack of challenge? Is it a lack of being talked to like a teenager instead of a kid? Um, lots of different things that might keep them from that. But I would also say, you know, church 
church should always be an addition to the spiritual formation happening at home. Amen. Um, wow. It yeah. Preach it, brother. <laughs> um, the job is on uh, parents and family and, and even siblings to help each other to to disciple in the faith. And church is an addition to that. It's when we gather with others to share our struggles and celebrations. Um, so I, I would encourage parents to find resources that they can do at home, um, challenge their student. Pinterest uh, is a great place, websites, resources, all that kind of stuff that you all um, obviously share with them and, and promote. One of one of the things that we have um, that, that I love when youth ministers do, but I love even more when parents take part in, is devotional boxes. So as I was growing up, parents and youth ministers would often give me um, a devotional book. You know, it's like 30 days on mm-hmm. some theme. So every day you read some scripture, you've got a prayer, you've got a challenge. Um, but teenagers are tangible people. They like to touch, they like to feel, they like to move. And so we created what we call devotional boxes. And and you can purchase um, the digital stuff you would need to create one of these. And it's got uh, a devotion for each day and instructions of how to build um, a shoebox full of items. So it might have devotions and then you need to find like uh, a box of crayons, some paper, a couple envelopes, rubber bands. Like it's got all these items in it. And then each day, the teenager is challenged to read the devotion and then to do something. So, um, for example, one of ours was about encouragement one day. So they read some scripture and they prayed about being encouraging. And the challenge that day, and it included in the box, was an index card. And you were supposed to write on the index card an encouraging note and go hide it somewhere in your house that your parent or sibling would find later that day, maybe under a pillow, maybe behind their favorite um, box of cookies in the pantry. Hmm. So it was a, a, a physical, tangible thing the youth could do, the teenager could do right then to act out their faith. And so we sell the resources for these devotional boxes um, at three times a year during Lent, uh, which um, you know leads up to Easter. During um, the back to school season around August, we put out the stuff for um, four weeks of these devotions. And then at Advent leading up to, the, to hmm. Christmas Day. Um, so I've had a couple of parents who have purchased these boxes online and have said that they, they purchased them and they did them with their students, um, which I just found really encouraging that parents were taking such an active role in, in providing, yeah. uh, and then talking about it with their students. You know, I, I'm been listening to you and, and very carefully, uh, paying attention to the terms and the emphasis you're putting the, the theme that I hear emerging in your heart. Uh, whether you're talking to a parent or a youth minister, is this idea that relationships are more important, that spending Absolutely. time with kids is where the uh, where your your greatest impact can be felt. Is that am I reading you right? Absolutely. I um I, I want nothing more for people to spend time together because that's when we model and see discipleship and growth um, in Christ. One of my uh, favorite activities I got to do as a youth minister um, was on Sunday nights, we called it uh, Faith Stories. And um, different people from the church would come and teach skills to the youth 
and how those skills could be used as ministry. And and this wasn't a typical Bible study. There was no scripture talked about. There was nothing um, inherently religious about what we were talking about, but um, there was at the same time. So an example of this was we had a stay-at-home dad come and teach our teenagers how to change a tire. Um, and they actually had to change the tire. Um, my car was volunteered and (laughs) yeah, not by me. Um, so they, they changed the tire and he talked about how, when we change the tire for somebody, we are providing them relief, um, a means to get home to safety, um, that we are caring for the person, even if we never speak the name of Jesus, um, and I, and I think those relationships are key. Um, that's how we look different than the world is by interacting with each other in different ways. Hmm. Wow. Robert, do you know how to change the tire? I do. Okay. Of course I do. Well, I mean, you know, you're pretty urban. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I love that. I, it's, it's, I was listening to this podcast last night, and he would, they were talking about the, um, uh, the scripture coming alive in people rather than it being in a book. And it basically is kind of speaking to what you're talking about, how I won't go into long parable, but basically what we do with what we've read is actually the transferring of the scripture rather than just reading the scripture to someone. I mean, that's living that out. And that doesn't look like I've read John three sixteen. I turn and tell someone John three sixteen. It means you sacrifice. It means you whatever. And I think that's what you're saying. And I think it's important for parents to be deliberate about modeling that. And when they do it, to say, this is what we're doing. Well, this is living out the scripture rather than, and I think that's exactly what you're trying to create with those boxes and, and the application for the scriptures that kids are reading with their parents. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I want to dive in on this, Andrew, a little bit. I want to make sure we tweak this just a little for our audience. Um, I'm thinking about the parent who's sort of got that drop off mentality that if I just get my kid to church, if I just get him to Wednesday night, someone who knows what they're doing can really lead them to Christ. And uh, my role is more catch up support, but this primary role of this youth minister is this huge thing. Uh, You're suggesting, uh, at least I think you're suggesting that the parent's role is the primary role and that the church's role is secondary. Is that right? Yes. Um, the, the parent or guardian, grandparent, whoever um, these students, teenagers, kids are living with, I, I think it's their, their responsibility. Um, you know, I don't think Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the synagogue and dropped him off. Um, you know, they, they taught Jesus what it meant to be uh, Jewish and, and how to serve God in an intimate way. And, um, and I think that's, that's our job is to raise children to, to be connected to the church, but to be established in the faith before they walk through the door. Hmm. Yeah. It's so true. I, I think so. We I mean, talk about that a lot here. I mean, that the idea of the discipling is actually the parent's job and the church is secondary and it's absolutely vital that the church is there. But like, like you were saying, Brad, we live in a culture where we're used to taking whatever problem that we have to the experts. And so we've elevated the church to be the experts and that's not to diminish the church. Church is, they are experts. They're great. But they're not the expert on your child. You are the expert on your child. And so if you're not taking that role of being the parenting expert to your child, um, it's not getting done as effectively as it needs to be done. And a lot of times it's just informational. They're hearing it at church or they're hearing it at you know a youth group. You have an opportunity as a parent to live it 
and then to kind of actually make an example of it. Like, why are you doing this? That I'm doing this because blah, 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 blah. That's really, really important. And then that is the way that we transfer our faith, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the things I saw, um, one of the parents do that I worked with, they, they always brought up when their teenager would walk through a room Mm. and not say anything. And, and they said, they always like to ask them later, what did you think when you walked through that room? Like, what did you see me doing? What were your thoughts about what I was doing? And like, was, were the, was the parent watching a show that they didn't want the, the teenager to watch? Were they um, working on something the teenager shouldn't be working on? Like, what does the teenager see when they're not speaking? And, and what does that say about our faith? Hmm. Sounds they're like, always, yeah, they're always a- observing. It sounds like uh, the communication side of parenting uh, becomes sort of the the critical part. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I think when we leave things unspoken, right, uh, we leave things unclear. Oh, that's, um, that's good. I'm going to quote yeah. you on that. <laughs> if we leave <laughs> things unspoken, we leave things unclear. Yeah, I mean, we just can't assume that they're picking up just because they they see i mean we need to put definition to the 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 things that we're trying to model i mean yeah. this is what love looks like this is what servanthood looks like this is what you know that doesn't mean self-congratulate like brad does so often it's more <laughs> of a it's more of a just trying to humbly model for our kids like i'm doing this for a reason so you're telling me that you're the humble model yeah okay i am yeah all right just making sure i got that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I so as a pastor, I'm a church planner. I I work with youth directly. I'm not this isn't like vicarious information. I've done some youth retreats with our junior high and high school kids. The things that I've seen resonate with what you're describing, which is this idea that you do need to be active and engaged with your kids. You need to be fun, but but they do need challenged. Um today's teen is so sophisticated in their thought. That, I wasn't that sophisticated uh, 30 some years ago. No. You know, I, I was more just pretty much what you see is what you get. Today's teen, because of the amount of information they've been exposed to, they're thinking about some pretty intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, the information they're being exposed to, like you said, causes them to grow up so quickly and to, and to think about the world so differently um, that if we're not talking about it, we're letting the world control the, the narrative. Um, yeah. if, if parents and the, if the church and the parents, more importantly, won't talk about what the world is talking about, uh, sex, violence, school shootings, tragedies, things like that, uh, we need to have a say in that and how we view that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I know Robert and I, uh, Robert has six kids and, and I have three. Um, I have a grandson now. Um, I think we've been through these stages of life where, you know, we really want to do the right thing as a parent. And in the moments of real crisis, a lot of times the right thing is just to be present. Yep. Um, It's not to have the right words to say or, you know, this great wisdom that flows from us to our kids. Mm -hmm. It's just literally being present. It sounds to me like you're saying that's true as well for the youth minister. Yeah, I I think – one of the greatest things that my parents did when I was a teenager was be involved. Um, my mom always helped with the church garage sale, which was a big youth fundraiser that 
um, benefited us for like trips like camp or mission trips. Um, and my dad was always willing to go on youth retreats for a weekend or host um, in-house retreats where youth would stay at people's houses. Um, my, my parents were around and, and they were active and they um, didn't always talk about scripture, but they talked about and they showed and they modeled living out our faith of giving to others, of serving people, of caring for people. Um, and because of their involvement in the church and more importantly in the youth youth ministry, the the friends that I had who were my age saw my parents as examples to talk to about their faith, to live into. Um, I had a friend who from time to time went through some hard, hard life moments and he would always talk to my dad and my dad would pray for him. And it, I don't know, it's just encouraging to see my parents live out their faith. And I know that nowadays parents think they're supposed to be removed, you know, take your student, drop them off and you can't go to the retreat cause that'll embarrass your kid or you'll be seen as a helicopter parent. Hmm. You, you can go to those events and be a ministering presence without smothering your child um, with your presence. I love that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, the first thing a parent does when they're scared or feeling like their child's drifting, um, especially in the teen years, like high school, you know, parents feel like they have to pull in the leash really right. tight. Um, and in effect, you're smothering the child at that point. Mm -hmm. Robert, have you ever done that? Never. No, but Never? I've heard about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it. Um, I, I have been the one who in the moment of panic you know, okay, give me your phone, shut this thing down. Yep. I'm in control. Absolutely. I, I've done that more often than I would, obviously. Did it work? Uh, never. <laughs> never. Oh, no, it doesn't work. Not once. Yeah. So like the harder you squeeze, you know, the more they become jelly. Like you're not going to, you're not going to hold that. Um, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it is very much, and it's it's our natural response to protect our children. And so when we see them walking down a path that is potentially dangerous or harmful to them, or even just, you know, slightly, that's rebellious. I mean, go figure, like our kids are rebellious. That can't happen. That's just part of life. But we, I react and I'm just fearful of that. And I've seen... I've seen the movie of kids that start off doing this and then they turn into mass murderers or drug addicts or whatever. And so we just go to the worst place and we start enforcing as if the worst place that they could go is actually imminent instead of like stopping for a second and focusing on relationship. And I mean, there are, there are natural causes. I mean, there are natural consequences to our kids' actions. I'm not saying remove those, but somehow we need to separate those consequences, those consequences from our personal like involve. I mean, I'm not, I don't know how to articulate this. What I'm going through right now with one of my kids is I'm seeing the separation of consequence and relationship. Consequence is just a result of a behavior. Relationship is unaffected by behavior. It is. And so I will be with you through this consequence, not taking the consequence away, but I'm also not going to withhold my love. I'm also not going to sit in a place of judgment. I'm not going to no silent have a prejudice, treatment. no silent yeah. treatment. I'm yeah. going to do my best to be deliberate about focusing on the relationship. And when we talk about the consequence, we talk about the consequence, but as if it's something that has nothing to do with me. It is a natural, it is a natural thing that happens as a result of the behavior. So 
Yeah, and so we've got Andrew. Here's an expert on youth ministry and mm. youth ministers. Um, I think that's a strategic role that the youth minister can play for the parent because if they've established the relationship and the trust with the child, then the child has a place to go outside of the home that's safe, mm-hmm. and there's wisdom there where they can sort of share what's going on, what they're struggling with, and now there's a chance for ministry to occur. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And are we reading this right? Are these the right tea leaves? I, I think so. Those are the tea leaves I like to read. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, here here's the thing. We're saying that the parent is the primary and that the church is the secondary, but I wanted to kind of map that out. What does that look like in real time in the real world? And I think that parents bump into these things where they have to be the sort of judge and jury. Um, and then the the youth pastor can step into that vacuum where there's some isolation and say, look, your parents love you. This is a natural consequence. You can still have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that voice is heard and respected if it's been developed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and that's a key there. When you say if it's been developed, um, sometimes – it's a real struggle for youth ministers when parents through their actions and decisions don't give adequate development to the, the relationship with the youth minister. Um, Hmm. several, several youth ministers I know long to help the, the teenagers that they know, but there's no relationship built there because the teenager shows up one Sunday a month for like an hour and then they're gone the other weekends for sports trips or hanging out with friends or this, this or that. Um, you know, I, I understand nobody should be in church every Sunday. Sometimes you need to do something else or a family engagement calls you away or something like that. But if there's no um, relationship building over Sundays and Wednesdays or whenever your church does stuff, The youth minister's secondary role is completely cut out, um, and and it makes it difficult to be a youth minister who ministers alongside parents. Mm. Right. So so consistency and continuity, then, in uh, getting your kids to the local church is a big deal, then. Right, because just dropping them off at church and thinking, if I react poorly to one of my kids' behaviors or I'm nervous, I'm like, I'm going to get them back in church— Setting them to church, if there's no relationship, it's just information. It's not, it's not, there's no roots to that, to that yeah. situation. So I, I couldn't agree more. Having consistency there is really key. It is. You know, another thing that I found uh, is going to the, the youth pastor. I remember when my son was 15, 16 and saying, look, engage my son. And, and you don't need to feel that because I'm the pastor that you shouldn't be talking to him or that you shouldn't be helping him through this. Like I'm counting on you to, to be there for him with the stuff that he's not willing to share with me. Mm-hmm. I'm counting yeah. on you to do that. I, and I can remember the freedom that gave him later. This past, this youth pastor went on to pastor his own church and he told me later, man, that was so helpful hmm. for you to come and share and give me that permission to engage your child. Is that something you recommend as well, Andrew, for parents? Yeah. Um, I think anytime a parent can say supportively, I trust you, in whatever way that comes across, whether it's a note, a conversation, a phone call, uh, uh, you know, a cake, <laughs> whatever it comes <laughs> Donuts. across, <Yeah. laughs> where, where it just says, I, I trust you to um, 
minister to my child and, and to help our family grow in our faith, um, that can only have good consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, and I think there's a real danger when youth ministry or church is used as a punishment reaction, mm-hmm. like, oh, you you got caught at school cheating on a test. You're going to church. Like, what is that? <laughs> right. that that's right. like, uh, and I think every parent at some point in their life does that or will do that. Um, you've done something wrong. I need to take you where they teach people to do good. Like, mm. that's... Yeah. Um, But for a teenager, that's, oh, it builds in their mind church's punishment. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like— Well, sometimes it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Well, I mean, the truth is, uh, as we wrap this up, the truth is that in the teen years, many, many teenagers uh, pull back from their faith. They're sort of experimenting on who they're going to be, what they're going to believe, how they're going to dress, who they're hanging out with. I mean, all that's up for grabs. And so the relationship part is the thing that endures. It's not the teaching. It's not the doctrine. It's not theology. It's the relationship. Is there trust there? And that's what you guys are all about uh, with youthministryconversations.com. The information on your website says youth ministry is, quote, about the long run. It's about the many times youth see you before they open up about their problems with their friends. It's about the multiple times you ask them about their school activities before they finally open up. It's about the numerous conversations you have with them, they have with each other, and they have with God. These are the things that help develop their faith. And that is a fantastic quote. Thank you for putting that on your website. I am a big believer, and we've been so blessed to have you on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. And I think the thing that I I love about what you're saying is you're reaffirming as an expert in youth ministry, kind of passing back the mantle and saying, even though I'm in youth ministry, we are not the end all. Parents, you've heard it from the youth minister expert. You are the primary. So thank you for reminding us, parents, of that. And uh, it was just such a great conversation. Great to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I loved uh, talking about this, and I'm very passionate about it. Parents, you can do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, for more information, again, you can check him out at youthministryconversations.com. He's got a blog. He's got resources. He's got devotional boxes. So uh, go and check that out. We'll get you some. Yeah, get them. Thanks. God bless. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believe. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students. 
or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's going gonna, it's gonna to establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to ishinelive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base. So it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9 and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church and I have been impressed. So check it out. Check it out. We just talked with Andrew No. Um, what a great guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's this guy who's ministering to pastors and youth pastors get beat up. And these are the people who can't win, really. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to be relevant, but you also have to be deep. Yeah. As he said, you got to have fun and you got to be deep. That's a hard balance. It is. It is really a hard balance. One of the, the takeaways for me in hearing him speak, I mean, there's so many great things and, you know, the, the focus on parenting is actually discipling your kids and, and it's the primary role spiritually in their kid's life. But also what occurred to me is really see your youth pastor as a partner yeah. and have yeah. you parents start a relationship with your youth pastor, yeah. like not in like, what is Sally doing at youth group? But like, I want to encourage you. They need encouragement. They get beat up. They're dealing with complexities that, that they only see for an hour, maybe a month. So um, if you want to have a healthy spiritual discipleship relationship with your, with your youth pastor, reach out to them and form an actual relationship instead of just like a Jiffy Lube mentality where you're just driving through and dropping off. Yeah. Care for your youth pastor because they really are doing this because they care about kids. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I try to pay attention to the quotes of our guests and, and kind of prepare them for social media. But one of the quotes that I wrote down is, if we leave things unspoken, we mm -hmm. leave things unclear. Yeah. And I thought for dads in particular, yeah. this is a real challenge. It um, really is. I, as a dad myself, I, I tend to swallow my my comments before I'll speak them. Hmm. Um, and I, there are probably some really good things I should be sharing with my kids to affirm them. I think so. I don't think it's just that I'm not, I'm not speaking it. I think it's moms too. We just presume that it's clear to them. Like almost a mentality of, well, they should know better or they should, they should know these things. Right. Of course you should they, know you, that. You yeah. should know that. And they, they, they have no, there's nothing. If they don't have something to make it relative to, it, it's, it is not clear. So I, yeah, I think that's a great. Yeah. And I think we can sometimes get really angry or frustrated with our kids because we make assumptions about yeah, why they did totally, something totally instead of asking them point blank, why did you do that? What were you thinking? Mm -hmm. Get some clarity ourselves. So it and works two ways. There's not a wrong answer to telling me what's going through your head. Yeah. I mean, that it, what's going through your head, you don't have to sugarcoat that for me to listen to you. Just tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking. I'm not going to judge you on, I mean, otherwise we're just teaching them behavior modification and that, you know, I'm only a safe place if you come to me when you 
when you tell me things that I want to hear. That's yeah. not true relationship. Yeah, that's not. That's uh, that's faking it. Um, there were a couple of other things he said that sort of made me chuckle. One is that you know church can be used as a punishment. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get your stuff together, if you don't get your act right, you know, yeah. we're going to take gonna you take to, to church. church. No, uh, you're church. gonna have to suffer. Uh, yeah, I I laugh at that because it's kind of true. Uh, and I remember my teenagers when I'd be like, "You're going to church," and they're like, "I don't wanna." You know, it's mm. just there's this sort of. I don't know that you can totally avoid that, but uh, it did make me laugh because I've been through those days. The the other thing that he said is sort of, um, I'm going to get on a soapbox now a little bit. He said, you know, you need to be consistent in getting your kids to youth group. Yeah. Um, man, I know that's true as a pastor. Um, parents allow a lot of stuff to interrupt the continuity of their spiritual formation of their kids. Mm-hmm. and Both at home and yeah. in and yeah. I, it's becoming a bigger deal. Like I, I have noticed that kids really pretty much go to everything but church. Mm. I mean, they're at school for everything. Uh, if there's no other option, yeah. then maybe church. Yeah, exactly. It is way down on the list of priorities for parents, and you know everything else sort of comes before it. Mm-hmm. And so it shouldn't be a shock that when they get older, church is way down on their list. Right. You know, no matter what we say, our actions say really speak louder. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I won't beat that too hard. But uh, I will say that uh, relationship in the the heart of two people connecting, that there's trust and respect that's developed, is the essential ingredient to successful discipleship. Mm. And he really, really pushed that. Yeah. And everything about their website really focuses on that for the youth minister. So God bless Andrew for what he's doing, and I thought it was very helpful. Me too. Loved it. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad. And I can affirm that. He is. And I'm Robert. And, and we're, we're glad you're here. Yeah, we're glad you're here. And God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things Check us out at iShineLive.com. Have you checked out iShine Connect yet? It plays on your local TVN station every Saturday morning, featuring your favorite iShine artists and personalities. 
I Shine Connect is a TV show that looks at life from a spiritual angle so that all of us can know what to do in a certain situation at home, at school, with our friends, and have a little fun at the same time. It's visual I Shine every Saturday on TVN. It's I Shine Connect.